0: Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. I pray that you are all doing well this morning, and thank you for joining me. We are resuming our study in the Gospel according to Mark. We're ready for chapter 10 today. And uh, chapter 10 deals with a few subjects. Jesus gives uh, his interpretation, and or the true interpretation of the law in regards to divorce uh, you see uh, Jesus talking about the little children again we have the story of the young rich ruler and then a warning against riches and then once more Jesus foretells his death and then you have James and John des- desiring to be on his right hand and his left hand and that whole fiasco and then it ends with Barmedius, the blind man crying out to Jesus, crying out to him, saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And uh, that's kind of how the story ends for today. So, chapter 10. And we'll probably zero in a little bit on something that is said during this uh, conversation where Jesus warns about riches and uh, how difficult it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But then he goes on to say, uh, Verily I say unto you that there no man that has left his house or his brethren or his sisters or his father or his mother or his children or his lands for my sake and for the gospel's sake. And then he has a little uh, tidbit that he says about that. We're going to zero in on that for a few minutes when we get there. So that is what is on the agenda for this morning. I pray that he goes forth, blesses you, pierces hearts, And causes many of you to draw all the more close to God and to His Son Jesus. All right. We have a short amount of time this morning, so let's dig right in. Mark chapter 10. And He arose from thence and cometh into the coast of Judea by the farther side of the Jordan. And the people resorted unto Him again. And as he has wont, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came to him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? He answered and he said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this precept from the beginning of the creation God made them male and female. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh, and so then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter. And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife, and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband, and be married to another, she committeth adultery. And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them, but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And he said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and kneeled to him, and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Please note. Notice that he come, the, the young rich man comes and kneels before him. He's very eager, right? That's one thing to note. And he says, Good teacher, what shall I do, right? And Jesus says, Why do you callest me good? Now, I try, when I'm reading this story, I try to imagine that Jesus is looking at the young rich ruler and he's pointing directly to him. What Jesus is saying is, why do you, you specifically, why are you specifically calling me good? I think what Jesus is getting at is, what is it that you think about me? Because there's only one that is good, and that is God. So who do you think that I am? Do you think I'm just a teacher? Do you th- he's asking a specific question. Why do you? Why do you specifically call me good? There's none good that God. And then he goes on to say this, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and he said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. And Jesus beholding him, loved him. And he said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying. And he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Please note, you know, Jesus starts by saying, Well, you you know the commandments, obey those. And the young rich ruler says, "I've observed those since my youth." So the young rich ruler's thinking, I'm doing, "I'm doing pretty good. I've obeyed these commandments since my youth, but there's one problem. The problem is that he's got all this wealth, and that's where his true treasure is. That's where his heart actually is." Jesus confronts that issue by saying, "Okay, one thing you got one problem that's holding you back." you need to go sell all that stuff and and come follow me. Of course, he's unable to do that and he goes away very, very sad. Verse 23. And Jesus looked round about and saith to the disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it For them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. They were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all, and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospel's, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Okay, please note. Peter says, look, we've left it all. And... Jesus is like, you know what, no one who leaves their families, leaves all that they have and follows me, like, there's reward for that. In fact, you'll receive a hundredfold, even in this life, but with persecutions. Did you catch that part? He says, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, You see, with following Jesus comes a cost. And we've talked about this for years and years. And I've written about it in my books. And we've talked about it on the podcast. Following Jesus will cost you something. He's saying, you'll be rewarded for abandoning everything to follow me. But that reward comes also with persecutions. Because that's just the way it is, this side of heaven. But, in the world to come, you have eternal life. You know, what does he say in Matthew? Let's just look at a few references here. Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. In the book of Acts, when... Peter and John are whipped, says, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Paul and Silas, when they are arrested and put in chains, Acts chapter 16, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. Romans chapter five verse three, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. James, in his one short little letter, says a lot about this. Verses two through four, he says, "My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect." And entire wanting nothing. Then he goes on in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord hath promised them that love him. And then in chapter 5 verse 11 he says. Behold we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. And have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. And then, of course, First Peter, chapter 4, he says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. And on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Jesus is just saying, look, there is reward for forgiving everything for the sake of the gospel. But it's going to come with persecution. It's going to come with trouble. Let's continue on. We're almost finished here. Verse 32, and they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen to him. Saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered into the chief priest, and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him and scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou should do for us whatsoever we shall ask. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? they said unto him, Grant us that we may sit, one on thy right hand, and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. But Jesus said it unto them, You know what not you ask? Can you drink of the cup that I drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized with. You shall be baptized, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. All right, let's make a note of this. So James and John, the son of Zebedee, get this bright idea that they're going to ask Jesus if they can be on his right hand and on his left hand and in the kingdom. And he says, you have no idea what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I'm going to have to drink from? Are you going, Are you able to be baptized from the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? And they say, we are. You see, they didn't get that Jesus was talking about the suffering that he was going to go through. And then ultimately death. And he says, well, you actually, you will actually have to drink the cup that I've drink from and be baptized with the baptism that I've been baptized with. In other words, you will be suffering this persecution and you will be, you will die for the sake of the gospel. But, as far as where your position is going to be, that's not for me to decide. It's for those whom it's been prepared for. So, they had no idea what they were asking. And of course, the other disciples don't take too kindly to this little interaction that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, have. So verse 41, And when the ten heard it, they began to be be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him, and he saith saith unto them, You know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever shall be greatest among you shall be your minister. And whosoever... Of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Verse 46, And when they came to Jericho, and as he went out to Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Barmedia, bart the son of Tamias, sat by the highway side, Begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Please note, this blind man knows who Jesus is. He knows that he's not just some ordinary rabbi. He gets who he is. That's why he's calling him the son of David, right? Because it was prophesied that the seed of David would become the Messiah. Verse 48. And many charged him that he should be that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, "Thou son of David, have mercy on me!" And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, "Be of good comfort, rise." He calleth thee, and he casteth away his garment and rose, and he came to Jesus. And when Jesus answered and said unto him, "What will that I should do for unto thee?" The blind man said unto him, "Lord." that I might receive my sight. And when Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And that, my friends, is the end of Mark chapter 10. I pray that you've been blessed this morning. I pray that you've been encouraged and strengthened in truth. Thank you for listening thank you for your prayers that are much needed thank you for your support peace and grace be with all of you and until next time god bless